0: Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Malani, joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric DeLauer.
1: Phil, great to be with you remotely today.
0: Uh, you, of course, are at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. I beg to go with you, but... Uh, The higher-ups, they just said, nope, we can't do it.
1: They said real R's only. And that was a tough one for your psyche. Yeah.
0: Not only did I not get to go down there and, like, hang out with you and just, like, hit the town, but I also am missing out on uh, some big interviews, Eric.
1: Some big interviews. I'm currently, Phil, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I have a nice little uh, jaguar behind me on the wall.
0: Is that a Jaguar? I was wondering what that was. It's a Jaguar. A
1: relative of the Northwestern Wildcat. Uh,
0: That's but a South Alabama Jaguar, not to be confused with a Jacksonville Jaguar.
1: Very same creature, different uh, variant,
0: I guess. Got it. Just
1: like um, a virus or something. <laughs> variant might not be the best word. Bad days. word. Bad word. But no, I am, I'm currently sitting, Phil, in the Broncos suite at the Senior Bowl where they did their evaluations on Tuesday and Wednesday. it's uh, The weather is not too nice today, so they moved inside, and I said I might as well take this suite for the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, a suite is a suite at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Right. So, you, I mean, there's no better sort of inside, behind-the-scenes access than what you're getting right now. Is that what you're telling me?
1: Right. I can see the Broncos have posted their off-season plan on the wall here. To my yeah. left. I can see the whole thing. I can't show it to anybody, but it's right there.
0: Yeah. You say, take that behind the Broncos. I'm the real behind the Broncos. Is
1: that what you're saying? This is behind behind the Broncos. Okay. Behind.
0: The podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric, we don't really have a lot of time to, to be silly today because this is a really important show for us.
1: That's right, Phil. I, uh, while down here in Mobile, Alabama, I was able to talk to general manager George Payton.
0: What? Wait, you talked to G- George Payton?
1: He asked where you were. He was like, Where's my guy, Phil? And I said, Today I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to fill in. Fill uh, in. Exactly. But no, I, I got to talk to George about the Senior Bowl, about head coach Nathaniel Hackett. And, uh, yeah. Phil, probably most importantly, I talked to him about, the number one position in all of sports, the quarterback spot.
0: Did you ask him, like, um, hey, are you going to trade for a big-time quarterback or something? Oh.
1: Well, Phil, why don't we get to my interview right now? You can well, find
0: Oh, well, you want to go to it right now? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Toss to it. Toss to it. Set it up. Set it up.
1: Introducing general manager George Peyton live on the neutral George, how the first few days been working with uh, Nathaniel Hackett?
2: Oh, it's been great. Uh, you know, everything, you know, I kind of thought, uh, you know, when we went through the, the interview process, uh, very energetic. Obviously now he's grinding, trying to get his coaching staff, uh, solidified and, and, uh, he's tireless worker, a lot of energy, you know, like, you know, like we said, he has a lot of juice. It's been a really fun few days and, and, uh, really excited moving forward.
1: I'm sure you're still in the initial stages of the conversations about the roster, but how closely aligned do you feel your vision for this team is?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, we, we established that through the interview process, you know, the, the, the basically the three interviews we we had together. And uh, I think we're, we're definitely aligned in the roster and how we're going to run things throughout the building. He hasn't had a chance to dive into the roster. You know, right now, he's focused on uh, the coaching staff and uh you know when i get back from the senior bowl myself uh nathaniel and his staff will sit down along with my staff and do a deep dive into our roster
1: how do you feel about the staff he's put together so far and how involved are you in that process
2: no i'm really really excited about the staff he's putting together you know he 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 talked about that in the interview process about his staff what his vision is for the staff you know young diverse energetic and uh you know, he's certainly on the way to, to, to you know, it's hard to get a staff. You don't know who you can get, but I've never seen anyone work as hard as he does uh, on the phone interviewing uh, potential candidates. And so I'm really excited for the staff. I am involved with it uh, as a sounding board. And, you know, I know different, you know, people around the league, as does he. So just getting background and, but it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's his deal. And, and he has a great vision for his staff.
1: Moving to the senior bowl. This is just the first step in a long process. What do you try to get out of this week?
2: Just you know these are the top players, you know the top seniors uh in the country, and uh, you know a lot of them I haven't seen live, so it's really important just to to follow them around through the week and you know kind of see how they go about practice, how do they compete against the best, and then you get them at night, you can interview them and get to know them a little bit so it's really the first step in in the uh, draft process uh, or the second the fall is the first step uh then we get the combine and then you know more interviews and and so this is this is a great time just to be around the top players.
1: Quarterbacks obviously going to be a big story for this team. A lot of the top young guys are here: Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong. You saw some of these guys in person in the fall. Why is it important to see them in person, and, and what have you seen from them so far this week?
2: It's really important to see them in person at all positions, but a step, especially quarterback. There's so much you know quarterbacks you know have to do during a game, during practice. Um, you know how are they? Uh, you know when they're not on the field. You know when they're on the bench. How are they amongst their teammates? Uh, how does the ball jump off their hand? How are they in competitive situations in two-minute drills, no huddle? Um, so though it's really important during the fall to see them live, and then here, just again competing against the best. You know, seeing you know Willis first picket and in all the all the other quarterbacks just back to back. I think there's six here, and so it's a really you can see two practices a day, and just kind of you stack them up. Um, how do they throw it? How athletic are they? How do they handle an interception? How, you know, how do they handle adversity? And so it's just, you can't see all that on tape. So it's very beneficial.
1: And then what do you try to gain from these guys in the meetings away from the field?
2: Right. I mean, we have 20 minutes with these guys. So really, I just want to get to know them. You know, we're going to dig in later. You know, we'll have an hour zoom. We'll, we'll see them at the combine. We'll see them at their pro days. The initial visit this, you know, the, like this evening, we'll have uh, interviews is really, I just want to get to know them. We'll have points of emphasis for each of these players, you know, things where we need to dig in and, uh, you know, whether it's character or learns or that type of thing. But uh, this initial visit, I just want to get to know him as a person, you know, as people.
1: How big of a role will Coach Hackett have in evaluating the quarterback position? And what sort of faith <laughs> do you have in how he can develop a young player if you decide to go that route?
2: Yeah, part of the appeal of Coach Hackett is his ability to develop younger players, and and uh, and especially quarterbacks. So he's going to have a, a big time role, as will the other coaches in our uh, our free agency process, as well as our draft process.
1: Are there certain things you have to weigh at the quarterback position, in particular, when you're deciding? You know, is it going to be a rookie? Is it going to be a veteran? Especially with the way this roster is, where it's already a very competitive group.
2: Certainly. I mean, you you weigh the free agency class uh, com- compared to the, you know, the draft class. And that's what we're doing now. Um, you know, if we don't think the draft class is very good, we're probably going to try to go heavy in the free agency or, or the trade market. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think there's some talented guys in this rookie class. So we'll weigh that uh, as we will other positions. What are the strengths of free agency compared to the draft? And if, if you know, the draft isn't strong at a certain position, we're going to go heavy. You know, we're going to go. Ag- we're going to be very aggressive in free agency.
1: Sure. We'll ask you more about quarterback down the road, but what is the strength of this draft class? Kind of your early impressions.
2: Yeah. I think the big guys thus far and, and, uh, you can see it down here at the senior bowl, the offensive line. There's some good tackles or some good interior. And then the, the defensive line, I've been really impressed uh, down here at the senior bowl and I'm just getting into it, obviously. Uh, but, uh, I do think it's going to be a, a big man's type draft.
1: Last one for you, George. We had a, a very productive draft class last year, a lot of early contributors. How crucial is it to the foundation of this team t- to stack another one on top of last year's class?
2: No, I think it's imperative. You need to stack, you know, one after another, after another, and that's how you build the foundation. And that's, that's how you build a, a consistent winner year in and you're out. You know, you don't want to win one year and take a step back, but if you can keep drafting, well, it's, it's a sustainable roster from a financial standpoint. And, uh, Again, that's why we we brought Nathaniel Hackett here is because his ability to develop young talent. And so, among other things.
1: George, great catching up with you down here at the Senior Bowl. Uh, We're looking forward to this
2: offseason. Appreciate you, Eric. Thank you very much.
1: A big, big thank you to George Payton for spending some time with us. So that's the only interview he did during Senior Bowl week with anybody. So some exclusive content here for Neutral Zone Nation. Uh, and I, I think some interesting nuggets there for us to go through.
0: This is what NZ Nation has come to expect is just this sort of uh, this sort of insider information, you know? Yeah,
1: I you want- thought, I've been waiting in the rain for days for this interview. I've, okay. I just haven't
0: slept. You I've want just- George Payton? Boom. Here's George Payton. Boom. Exactly. This is what this is sort of just how we operate.
1: You're nice and cozy. I mean, it looks like you're in the office. You made it through the blizzard to get to the office.
0: I did, yeah, because I, for this podcast,
1: right? But most members of NZ Nation, maybe they're curled up on the couch. They're they got their fire cozy. on, you know, the, a cup of hot cocoa, and it's like boom, George Payton right to them.
0: Yeah, they were probably relaxed, and then they saw on their phone it popped up. It was like Broncos GM George Payton is uh, the neutral zone, uh, and they're uh, like, oh my gosh. I got to get up for this. So really pay attention. Okay, well, Eric, let's uh, dive into your interview there. Uh, Some of the big takeaways here. As Nathaniel Hackett is uh, putting his staff together here, we've seen him uh, already hire several offensive coaches. Uh, I thought it was sort of interesting just uh, how George Payton is factoring into that process and, you know, uh, being a sounding board for Hackett.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds to me like it's still going to be Nathaniel Hackett's decision, but it is interesting that George didn't just say, you know, this is all his deal. He's going to handle this on his own. And I think that's good because they're still kind of crafting their vision for this team together. You want to be aligned with each other. You want to be moving in the same direction. And so I think it makes sense for George Payton to kind of have some input here. And, you know, I assume based on what George said, it's still going to be Hackett's decision. But as you're putting this coaching staff together, it's a crucial element. You know, people are saying, "Okay, well, he's the play caller on offense. So the rest of the offensive staff hires don't matter that much. I don't know that that's true. I mean, you need a good coaching staff throughout. It's going to be critical to your to your ability to kind of improve this offense. And so, so we know how thorough George Payton is. We know what kind of football mind he has. I think it's a good thing that he's involved in this process.
0: Yeah, because you're talking about, I mean, even uh, George Payton, this is just his second year as a general manager in the NFL. This is obviously uh, Hackett's first time going around as a head coach. The you know, I, I feel like when you're trying to assemble your staff, so some experience kind of goes along with that just because, most of it is based off of the relationships you've built during your career. You know, hey, I, I worked with this guy in this place. I worked with this guy in this place. You know, we we you want to assemble the best group of, of uh, football minds as you can to coach your team, and you know that's an important process. I mean, uh, you you just want the best the best minds around.
1: Yeah. And I think that George Payton obviously has great insight on the coaches that are already in Denver. And so, you know, if Nathaniel Hackett says, hey, I want to consider having Zach Azani stay on this staff. And that's just kind of me picking a name and speculating there. But if he says, hey, I might want Azani to to be here. George Payton's worked with him for a year. He has great insight into how Azani is as a coach, how he works with players, that sort of thing that Nathaniel Hackett might not have. And so the more You know, we hear George say a lot collaborative, you know, work together, uh, kind of have multiple people moving toward the same goal. This is a a good example of that. And I don't want to twist it out of proportion and be like, oh, George Payton has control over.
0: No, 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 no.
1: no. I don't think that that's it. But I do think it's a good sign. You know, uh, someone was saying the other day, one of the most important relationships you can have is between your GM and your head coach. This seems to be a good sign that they're working together early.
0: Yeah, you want them to work together, but ultimately you want it to be Hackett's decision because it's his staff. You know what yes. I mean? And I think that you want to be able to empower your head coach to say, this is your coaching staff. You do what you what you feel like is best here. And it, it sounds like that's the case there. You know, like you just don't want too much meddling. And, you know, the interesting thing so far uh, to me, Eric, is that uh, since this, the Super Bowl time, there has been a lot of holdovers. Uh, when you're talking about these assistant coaches, you're talking about like Reggie Herring, Bill Kolar, Uh these people have uh, really gone through the head coaches here. It really sounds like uh, Hackett is building his whole staff from scratch.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously some names that we haven't heard yet, but like Mike Munchak, for example, the Broncos have hired an offensive line coach. It means Mike Munchak won't be back. And I know people are upset about that. Fans are upset about that. It makes sense. His system doesn't really, isn't really compatible with what, uh, O line def- is
0: different, is a different sort of beast where you need the, uh, O line to align with your offensive philosophy.
1: Right. And so, but, but you're right. Um, you know, I, there are people who have been here for a long time, um, who have made it through several different coaching changes that may not be here next year. And it, it seems like based on the hires that have been reported, the hires that we've announced, um, that Nathaniel Hackett's really trying to build this young, energetic coaching staff, and um, I'll, I'll be interested to see. and We can talk more about this later. I'll be interested to see kind of is there some experience that he mixes in, but certainly so far with these hires, a lot of young guys.
0: So yeah, that was uh, the, my first takeaway from your interview with him, and then obviously uh, talking about the quarterback position. I mean, that's what everybody wants to to know about here, and what what direction the Broncos are going in. It, it does appear. That George Payton is going to do his homework on all possible situations, whether that's starting right there at the senior bowl, looking at some of these younger guys, which uh, it sounds like nobody's really stuck out or shined uh, really brightly down there in Mobile. Obviously, the weather uh, doesn't help, uh, but uh, it does sound like George Payton is going to do his homework on all these young guys. Uh, And then he brought up, I mean, you brought up free agency market and then also uh, he brought up the trade market there.
1: Yeah, which, of course, is the kind of the unspoken elephant in the room, if you will, around the Broncos these days. But, yeah, I mean, starting with the rookie quarterbacks, we know that he'd already gone to see Sam Howell, uh, Kenny Pickett this fall. He went to see Malik Willis and Matt Corral. Matt Corral is kind of the only guy of this quarterback class that's not down here in Mobile because he's not a senior. Senior bowl, Phil. Senior bowl. You got to – you got to graduate to be here. You got to get that degree to be gotcha. in in Young Mobile, uh, and then I think there's been reports that he went to see Carson Strong as well. So he's seen these guys in person. Um, as he mentioned in the interview, Phil, quarterback is in the most important position to watch. You know, with your own eyes in person, not on the field, not on the film. Um, so, so that's all interesting. And I, I thought it was telling, Phil, that he said, you know, in the the thought around this class is that it's, it's not good. You know, people are like, oh, it's just kind of bad this year. It's There's nobody there. He said he saw some talent, and based on what we know in the NFL, it's likely that one of these guys is going to end up being good. And so it's all about can you evaluate who that's going to be.
0: Well, there are some years where there's hype and then none of the guys end up being like the, the franchise types of players, you know.
1: That-, great, that happens, though like the odds are that one
0: of these guys is going to end up being a good player. I, I think that uh one thing is true is that like two of them will probably go in the top 10. Um, But, but I do think that heading into this process, it's still early. It doesn't appear like there's a uh, Joe Burrow, you know, where you're like this guy's the guy or uh, Trevor Lawrence or somebody like that, where you're like, this person is going to come in and immediately change a franchise. It doesn't seem like there's, That type of a player in this year's draft.
1: No, and I I agree with that. And it raises the possibility that at nine, the Broncos could get the number one quarterback. You know, I mean, I assume that a quarterback is going to get taken before nine, but maybe the Broncos decide, Hey, you know, Matt Corral's our guy or Sam Howell's our guy or Kenny Pickett's our guy. And they say, we're going to move up to five and, and get him or four and get him. Um, and if you fall in love with a guy, it doesn't really matter what everybody else thinks you should go get them. So I do think it's interesting that, and not that I expected him to rule this out, but it sounds like they're going to very thoroughly evaluate this class and decide, Hey, is there an option here? But yeah, kind of the other thing, Phil, is he mentioned, cause my question was geared around this roster is so close to competing. Do you have to weigh that when you, when you pick a quarterback and he said, well, if the draft class is enough to snuff, we're going to approach it through free agency or a trade, um, and listen, I you know I know the trade thing will get some attention. There's lots of guys you could trade for. It's not just kind of those two, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson that are out there. There's you know that's all that
0: That's that's all you care about. But
1: but there's a lot there's a lot of other guys that that could refer to. So of course. Um, but yeah, interesting to to know that he recognizes this is a good roster and they got to be ready to take advantage of it.
0: And I think that that is the case, uh, no matter the what the position is. And he kind of uh, alluded to that, that he wasn't just talking about quarterback, but, you know, anytime you head into the off season, your goal is to make the football team better all around. And if, You you just weigh the draft class versus for the free agency class and just say, all right, free agency is really heavy in this position. Maybe we could get a guy here. The draft is heavy in this position. Maybe we can get a guy here. And you just got to weigh those two options, you know, and uh, quarterback, I think, probably falls into that category. But like you mentioned, this team has a lot of young talent on the offensive side of the ball that is. Heading toward the end of their rookie contract or like a guy like Corland son, Tim Patrick, just got new deals where I think that this offense is ready to sort of take off a little bit. And you you wonder, OK, if we insert a young guy at quarterback here, unless he is like a Joe Burrow where you're talking about his second season, they're contending here. Uh, it doesn't sound like maybe there's that guy, but unless there's a, that boom like that, then you're talking about a little bit more of a project.
1: Right. Yeah. And listen, a lot of these teams, you do have to take a year and just kind of bite the bullet and, and deal with the, that learning curve. And then you get to reap the reward a little bit later, but yeah, you have have to find that guy first. And I will say, Phil, I I talked to George off the podcast for some other content that'll be coming soon on. I know. Sorry.
0: Wow. Uh Yeah.
1: Keep And, And one of the things I asked him was about Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick and Noah Fant and all these guys that, you know, maybe didn't have the production that they expected. And he said, you know, they've got to be better, but Nathaniel Hackett, other people they interviewed, they're all thrilled about this young talent and think that there's a way to get them involved, to take advantage of them. And he mentioned that part of that starts with getting better quarterback play.
0: And I'm sure that uh, that was all part of the interview process. I mean, George even mentioned that, just like them talking about this team, you know, you've got to be, if you're Hackett, excited to get to, play with these toys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, uh, the chest is full. You just need to be able to find that quarterback, I think. And so,
1: you, it, you know, what's that? You need the treasure
0: map. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're like Nicolas Cage and you're like, yeah, the declaration of independence.
1: You're like, I need some lemon juice and a, in a hair dryer.
0: McGruber. <laughs> yeah. 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 Figure yeah. It out. Right. Um, so I, I mean, thought that was interesting. And then, huh? MacGyver, not MacGruber. That's MacGruber was a spoof movie, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. That's what I know. Yeah, <laughs> MacGyver. Yeah, there you
1: that's go. That's that's our patented film moment of the episode.
0: There you go. There you go. That's what you come here for. That's uh, I mean. Then the last thing, um, just talking about this draft. You know, you asked them, "Hey, where where do you think uh, this draft is really strong?" He said this is a big man draft. And so I thought that that was kind of interesting as well, Eric.
1: Yeah. Did you think you would be drafted? Me? Yeah. You're kind of a big you're like
0: I'm a tall guy. Tall guy. Not maybe not big guy, but tall guy, maybe. Yeah. Maybe if I put on like fifty pounds. Yeah. Get out there. Muscle. Just pure muscle. Yeah.
1: With with your back, do you think you could like, get down into a lineman stance and then be able to stand up again? Or do you think you'd probably just be stuck down there?
0: Well, like, much like my guy, Michael Porter Jr., mm.
1: it's
0: just fixable. You know, just fix it. You know. So I don't really
1: know if it's fixable. You don't it, really know. Yeah, yeah, you don't really know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hardship. But, uh, exactly, yeah. See if... I could... I could I'm probably good for uh, reception, and then I'd be dead.
1: Oh, you, so you're not even talking about playing in line. You're talking about like. Tight end. Tight end. But oh, okay.
0: Yeah, tight end. Uh, That's of course where I'd play. Yeah,
1: because you got the you got the mix of speed and physicality.
0: Yes, much right. much too fast for just a linebacker, and way too huge for a DB. <laughs> much too huge. Yeah,
1: I think I'd be the guy up in the box being like,
0: "Call timeout." Me
1: too. I could do that too. Uh, yeah. I would be you'd be like thirty seconds. What are we even doing here?
0: Yeah, let's go for it. Touchdown! Touchdown! Timeout. You would score touchdowns. score touchdowns. Yeah, well, that's interesting though because Eric, uh, if you talk about the Broncos' needs, maybe you're talking about a right tackle, maybe a nose tackle. I'm I'm not sure, but when when he's referring to this being a big man draft. I don't know. Does that align with the Broncos needs right now? What do you think?
1: I mean, again, I, I talked to him a little bit more and he said, we got to get the right tackle position fixed. He mentioned, you know, Bobby Massey could come back. He played well. Uh, But he said, we got to find a guy that's going to solidify that right tackle spot for five to six years, you know, or longer. You've got to find, the Broncos have had a revolving door at that position. What Phil, since 2015, really? I mean, they've, it's, they've been trying to solve that problem for a long time and Bobby Massey he was probably the most successful guy that they've had here in the last few years. Um, so that's a place you got to figure out. I, I do think there's room to improve the interior of the offensive line as well. I mean, Dalton Reisner is going into the final year of his contract. You know, do you extend him or do you try to find somebody to to boost that position on the line? We don't know where Graham Glasgow is going to play. Obviously, you have Quinn Miners and Lloyd Cushenberry there. I think Quinn was probably the most impressive of those interior linemen. Last year. And and so anyway, I I think in general, the Broncos could you, you can always use more offensive line depth. I think the Broncos are still trying to figure that out. So um,
0: the the other part of that is like, if they do end up investing in a a quarterback, whether uh, through whichever method they want to go through, you will got to protect that guy, you know? So you got to make sure that they're available to play. So,
1: And there's, you know, It seems like there's enough of these guys. You know, you talk about like a pass rusher, for example. If the Broncos trade their pick or they go quarterback with their first pick, you're obviously not going to get a top end edge rusher. And so you wonder, you know, hey, is there going to be a good enough edge rusher later in the draft that's worth taking? The offensive linemen in this class, there certainly are. Like you could get a tackle, I think, on day two and still be really happy with that guy.
0: Yeah, of course, and especially if you're the Broncos, because you got a wealth of uh, picks there. So, right on day two, so you they could do a lot of different things. But, uh, and of course, it is very early, you know. So, uh, the the evaluation process just getting underway uh, is a second step in the draft process, as we heard uh, George Payton just say there. Uh, I thought it was interesting that you know so many people make a big deal about. All these athletic attributes, you know, all the measurements, everything about strong arm, this or that. George says it's important to see the people, these especially these quarterbacks in person, to see how they respond to adversity. How do they conduct themselves on the bench? What happens if they throw throw an interception? You know, how do they uh, how do they bounce back from that? And then, of course, the meeting times in the, uh, in the evening. There, it seems like you really got to get to know the person much more than just the player.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, people talk about, hey, how much does this matter? And I, and I don't know, you know, in the grand scheme of things, how much did two days of three days of senior bowl practice matter? But I can tell you this, Phil, I was in the box yesterday as George Payton was scouting and you can hear people in the other suites kind of like talking, chattering. George is just, he's not saying anything. He's just focused. He's watching these guys practice. He is locked in. And I know that the evaluation process is one of his favorite parts of the job. And, I mean, for what it's worth, for Broncos fans, this guy's putting in the time to find the right
0: pieces. Behind behind the Broncos right there. You're bringing the information here. He's locked in. Okay, got it. Got it. That's good. That's I good want talking. you to
1: know, to, I'm, I'm down here eating oysters.
0: Oysters? And, um,
1: enjoying the seafood. George is locked in.
0: Yeah. And and uh, he concluded your interview by just uh, stating how crucial it is that you can stack these draft classes. You know, yeah, not I mean, good enough that, you know, uh, last year he hit on certainly his first three picks. You got to just continue to build and build and build.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's like, look at the Chiefs, for example, they've spent so much money now on their quarterback on some core players that to be good enough to remain in contention, you have to hit on drafting. And as the Broncos, you know, say they acquire a big name quarterback or say they hit on a quarterback in the draft that they're going to have to resign. Like as you start giving contracts to players like Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, you, you can't pay everybody. And so that means you've got to be really good around them with guys on rookie contracts. And so George is right to have sustained success. You've got to be good in the draft and, Did a great job last year, Phil, but you got to do it again.
0: And, of course, uh, you bring up the Chiefs there. Uh, The Chiefs will be home uh, next weekend just like the Broncos.
1: Yeah, so really, it's had the same season, basically.
0: (laughs) Eric, you talk about uh, the personality of the quarterbacks. What do you think? Joe Burrow, when he goes to the sideline, unlike a lot of other quarterbacks, he just sits there and looks stoic. You know, like, he just – does nothing is, like, phasing this guy. Other quarterbacks are, like, in the surface. They're, like, swiping through slides and looking at all the plays and everything, and he just sits down, and he's just cool as a cucumber.
1: He's just thinking about what cigar he's going to smoke later.
0: Yeah. And and you talk about uh, arm strength and physical traits and this type of stuff. Joe Burrow does not have – those things don't just, like – explode off the film, you know, when you watch him. But I think where he really shines is in these, all these other areas. Yeah.
1: I'll, I'll say about the quarterbacks here, Phil. Um, I know a lot was made of Malik Willis's day on Wednesday. Um, I really thought Sam Howell had a pretty good day on Wednesday too. How? 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 He looks to be like the most physically gifted, I would say, as a like the good combination of talent there for Sam Howell. He's not um, and even
0: double-jointed, though.
1: No, that's right. Yeah. Kind of odd. I'm sure we'll have some more hand-sized talk at some point. But uh, in from our perspective, Phil, I, I think the the quarterback that has, the, like, the most swagger is definitely Kenny Pickett from talking to him. Um, I got the, the chance to talk to this, Howell Pickett and Malik Willis. And how uh, of those three, Pickett, he just, like, he exudes confidence.
0: Eric, did any of those guys happen to, like, meet with the Broncos? Yeah.
1: Don't you love that? I do. I, I like it because it I, I, you know, you retweet it, then like the whole world sees it and it gets retweeted.
0: Yeah.
1: Everybody's gonna meet with everybody. Yeah. Except that's Pat, our tandem and meet with the Broncos and have they maybe it's more about who doesn't meet with the Broncos. Mm. Yeah.
0: Maybe yeah, it's like George is just there and then you and then but he's not there to talk to anybody. He's like yeah. I'm a decoy.
1: He told me who they're going to pick, but he made me promise not to tell you. I'll right. tell you. I'll tell you off camera, but I can't tell anybody else.
0: Got it. So he just told you already. Yeah, he
1: was like, "I know already."
0: Yeah, yeah. They got a plan. Pretty good a plan. Yeah. yeah, All right, Eric. Well, good stuff there with that interview. Uh, I think that that was uh, an we exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. Did, gosh, did he even say anything about me or not really? it's like it's like your hair is almost as good as phil's he would never say that he would never say that equally as good equally
1: the rain i'll say down here has not been good for the hair i've had to wear a, a,
0: a hat for two days
1: which as you know i don't like to do because you don't like to cover up right. your best hair, you know
0: exactly yeah did you have to wear a coat because the quarter's in
1: yeah yeah no i've Got this quarter zip i've just brought several different quarter zips down to mobile I've rain wrote,
0: rain quarter zip huh yeah exactly it's
1: a new they're like oh do you want a rain coat and i'm like well do you have a rain quarter zip in stock
0: <laughs> got it got it yeah can i just pull it over yeah yeah that would be nice uh eric uh of course the broncos have announced the hiring of three assistant coaches uh, this week wanted to just uh, touch on that a little bit here I don't want to take away from your interview because that's oh, that's that's okay. the that's a big that's the the center the focal point of this podcast. But uh the Broncos did hire uh, Justin Outen to be their next offensive coordinator. Um, spend t- the last three years with the Green Bay Packers as their tight ends coach. Uh, our good friend Clint Kubiak is back in the building. I bumped into him the other day, uh, just walking down the hallway. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> And uh, he's like, I'm here to be the passing game coordinator. And I was like, I don't really know what that means, but okay, sounds good uh, that you're here. And then, of course, uh, Butch Berry uh, is uh, now the Broncos uh, offensive line coach. What what are your takeaways uh, here from uh, these three announcements?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Berry and Alton have familiarity uh, with Nathaniel Hackett. He knows them. He's worked with them. Uh, so that gives him – kind of a, you know, you, you know what you're getting into. He, they know the system. They know how to teach it. He knows how he works with those guys. I, th- I think that's all important, especially on the offensive side of the football. You know, I, I think you want to be one voice. You want to be communicating things clearly. Um, they're obviously getting some young guys in the building, which I think is, um, for the energy that Nathaniel Hackett has, a good idea. Um, and then Clint Kubiak, of course, you know, he spent some time in Denver. I think to – and then to be an offensive coordinator, call plays – He's going to come in with a different perspective, same system pretty much, but he can offer, you know, his expertise. And it's a pretty big get, I would say, to get an offensive coordinator that, you know, the, the Vikings weren't spectacular in the passing game, but they were 11th, 12th. Yeah, uh, last that. a very solid performance. Um, and so to have a former play caller on the staff, I think, is a big get, especially given that there's some youth at other positions. Alton was a high school coach just a few years ago. Um, and Butch Berry has some NFL experience, but obviously he's an ascending coach as well. So I, I think the addition of Clint Kubiak is, is really important. Um, and you know, there, there's some reports getting out there about a Evero, the, the Rams passing game coordinator. He's our defensive passing game coordinator. So he kind of does the opposite of Clint Kubiak, but yeah, it,
0: what, can you explain to me what a passing game coordinator is?
1: Just yeah, I explain think- it to me and,
0: and explain it to me like i'm a like i'm in third grade or something like you're
1: five uh yeah so the the passing game you kind of coordinate it you kind of uh-huh. the passing they're
0: just games. passing like if they went to clint and they're like do you think we should run the ball here or what do you think we should and oh. he's like no just pass yeah
1: and it's interesting you know like play action pass does that run game coordinator is that passing game coordinator is there a play action pass coordinator?
0: I think that the tight ends coach would be involved in that one too yeah that could be important yeah because they block and catch so like you that's when you get in there you're like guys I got some ideas I yeah I'm the tight ends coordinator
1: it is you know it, it is interesting I think a passing game coordinator slash QBs coach he's a guy that can probably float around to the wide receivers I believe he is a former I believe Clint Kubiak is a former college wide receiver
0: I know like, Klein Kubiak was a, a wide receiver Clint, I too, huh? I think so. Okay. Ben Swanson? Yeah, Ben. Ben, are you listening? Uh, I will say, speaking of Ben Swanson, I mentioned that maybe we should do the out and route.
1: That yeah, that's
0: and then he said, no, 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 no. Let's do a segment called out and up. Out and mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Out and up. Yeah. Uh it appears he played he played safety. Sorry for that. Thank you. Klein Kubiak, wide receiver, Rice Owls. Yeah, Clint
1: went to Colorado State and played. Clint, Clint, yeah. Too many Kubiaks to keep track of. And then, of course, our friend Gary—he does it all. He played Q. Yes, he did.
0: Yes, he did. Yep. Gary, no,
1: I—I I think that the familiarity doesn't bother me on the offensive side. Obviously, you want to see how do you how do you fill the out
0: familiarity. The... No, that's a good thing.
1: Familiarity, but I mean in terms of like hiring people that you know i i oh. think that that's good um you want to see how, how he fills out the rest of the staff wide receiver running back tight ends i believe those are the three positions still left open maybe you name a run game coordinator since you have a pass game coordinator um yeah. but then i think defensively that's where you know maybe there's a chance for some more perspectives Love we'll to see kind of where that goes but I asked him Phil because he didn't talk much about it in his press conference about his defensive philosophy. And he said, Nathaniel Hackett, that is, said, Hey, I, I like things that challenge me as an offensive coordinator, which is a front that moves before the snaps. So you're not really sure where they're gonna be, and then a secondary that disguises the coverage. Oh, so of course um be interested to see. I he, you know, he's mentioned Christian Parker as a guy that could stay on. They spent some time in Green Bay, so be, young guy. how this staff develops. Um but I, I think the framework isn't a good spot.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you about this just because Nathaniel Hackett is an offensive minded head coach, how much of a role or how important is it to have, um, I guess, what? how involved do you think that uh, Justin Outen will be as an offensive coordinator? Like uh, certainly it's not going to be like what Pat Shermer was doing.
1: Right. No, I mean, I think he needs to have a good amount of responsibility though, because I think, Hackett's learned from Matt LaFleur, you know, how do you manage the entire team? And so there's going to be times when, you know, Alton has to run an offensive meeting because Hackett's, you know, visiting with the defense or he's taking care of something else. Or there's going to be times, you know, when Clint Kubiak needs to talk specifically with the quarterbacks. I mean, obviously Hackett is going to spend a great deal of time with the quarterbacks, with the offense, but he's got to oversee the entire team. And so I I wouldn't necessarily sell it, sell Alton short, sell Kubiak short. I mean, yeah. these are guys that are going to also probably have specific roles. Like, he might put out in charge of, hey, I'm going to relay plays to you. Or he might say, hey, you're in charge of the red zone now. Or, hey, I want you to focus on...
0: Gold zone. Gold zone,
1: yeah. Or I, fo- I want you to focus on two-minute offense and really get us strong there. I mean, if, it, if there's one thing it seems like they did in Green Bay, it's that Matt LaFleur really split up responsibilities and said, hey, I want you to be an expert in this field and I think that it would make a lot of sense for Nathaniel Hackett to do the same thing. I mean, even Luke Getzey, the quarterback coach in green Bay have like his specific responsibilities that he worked on. And so, you know, it's obviously less of a big deal than the defensive coordinator because the defensive coordinator is going to call these plays and is going to be in charge of that unit, but it's, it's still important who you have in that spot.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think that, uh, Uh, You want to have like uh, the same vision, but then also be able to uh, um, delegate some of these some of these tasks, you know, and uh, Nathaniel Hackett, first time head coach, these are things he's going to have to, you know, sort of uh, go through in in terms of just how he wants to run the team and everything. So uh, it'll be a learning process for sure.
1: I think the, the, the last thing I'll say about the coaching staff is that it'll be interesting to see what they do from an experience perspective, because a lot of these young coaches, you know, typically when a young coach comes in, you hire a veteran defensive coordinator, a veteran offensive coordinator, and you you kind of defer to them and you, you use their coaching experience. So far, the Broncos haven't done that. And so I'll be watching to see, you know, do they find a spot where they keep a veteran coach or they bring in someone with a lot of experience? You know, is there an assistant to the head coach that Nathaniel Hackett brings in that, is, that has done this before? um those are things i'll be watching and if they don't do that then i'll be really interested when we talk to coach hack and next why did you decide to not go in that direction
0: But i mean that is i think that is crucial just somebody uh, there's two sides of it right like you could just say look i want all my staff to be young and energetic and uh bring this enthusiasm and uh also, that sort of like uh, helps solidify me as the head man and as a top guy. You know, I think uh, that's one approach. And then the other approach is like what you mentioned there is just having a couple of guys that have been in their roles for a very long time. It does not sound like he's going in that direction, Hackett. It does seem like he wants. I mean, all these guys are going to be in new positions. It seems like.
1: Yeah, and listen, we'll we'll see how it turns out. We don't know yet, kind of what the final coaching staff will look like does he have a plan to have somebody in place um is there going to be you know are there going to be some veteran assistants that can that can stick around
0: yeah i mean so far it doesn't it doesn't look like they're headed
1: i don't even really remember who was vance joseph's defensive coordinator i don't even really Uh, remember.
0: bill musgrave was his offensive coordinator and then who was uh Well, this is kind of what you get back. I mean, you just think of Vance as the defensive guy, you know, so. um, Oh, Joe Woods. Joe Woods, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, and Bill Musgrave wasn't his first. Mike McCoy, of course, was his first offensive coordinator who had previous coaching experience, and that didn't work because there was a clash, you know, of what should we do. Yeah. Obviously, Mike had been a former head coach, and so I'm sure – that working relationship didn't turn out great. Um, yep. So that there, you know, there's evidence of both sides where, you know, it works to have someone else in in place, and then there's yep. situations where it doesn't work. And so we'll just have to kind of see. But I am interested to hear if they don't go with any veteran coaches, why is that the plan, and yep. why did that like the right move? You just want good coaches, no matter when you know how old they are. You want good coaches.
0: Good coaches that align with uh, your vision. You know, that kind of gets back to the Munchak thing. Like Munchak is obviously a really good offensive line coach. Yes. Just not in the same system there. So, right. Uh, Butch Berry, is there a better name for an offensive (laughs) line coach or no? Butch, Butch seems like to be the name.
1: Right. No, that's, that's great. And I was a little disappointed to learn, you know, he, he, he is bald, which I think is good for like an offensive line coach. You kind of expect someone, Butch Berry, to be like, just jacked out of their mind. So I'm interested to see like, how are the biceps?
0: Got it. Oh, what, what kind of haircut would you want for a butch for someone just named butch Barry? What?
1: Like a crew cut or like
0: a, or the Kubiak, the Kubiak.
1: Even that might be a little too. Yeah. That's pretty, probably like no longer than the Kubiak.
0: Yeah. Kubiak training camp edition.
1: Like if you, if your name was butch, I would the hair doesn't really fit.
0: Uh, No, I cannot be. I don't think that I fit that. uh, No, I don't think I could coach a line. I don't think I know. They would scare you. They would scare me. Yeah. Especially uh, the bill at the end of dinner. That's probably more scary. Yeah. You know, that's the scariest part. Put some
1: wine on there.
0: You put some wine on there. Uh, you put some yeah. steaks.
1: You forget the receipt. Yeah. You just end up in a world of hurts. You got to remember the receipt always, you know?
0: You cannot forget the receipt in that situation. The
1: receipts, I think they say.
0: Save the receipt. Yeah. Yeah. I heard there's like a system where you can expense things, you know? That's that's
1: what the metaphor.
0: You can. Yeah. Uh anything else you want to talk about with these coaching hires here?
1: No, I I mean I think that it's uh this has been a nice episode. Got to hear from George Payton one on one. Yeah.
0: How about uh George Payton is uh number two in command getting a little boost?
1: Yeah, Darren Muji.
0: Yeah, he's down there with you there in mobile, right?
1: assistant general manager. I, you know, I think one of the things I like about George, he empowers the people around him, you know, they're uh, reportedly getting some interest from other teams. Um Dave Ziegler was one of the guys who helped get him in the league. He's now the GM in Las Vegas. So, you know, maybe you connect the dots a little bit. Is that a place that was interested in him? But, you know, he empowered Darren Muji, now an assistant general manager. We got a story coming on him and his path to this moment. It's nice for some of these people behind the scenes, Phil, to get some recognition. Yeah. A Darren Muji, a Kelly Klein. You know, these these people are key to the operation.
0: Of course, our good friend Champ Kelly uh, heading over to uh, uh, love the Las Vegas Raiders. That one hurt. I'll just say that one hurt. Yeah. Well, and I so that rivalry.
1: That rivalry, I think, it kind of it softened a little bit in recent years because the teams weren't as good, and when you don't go to When you go to Oakland, like you can feel the rivalry because the people there just hate you. You know, like you get a lot of middle fingers going into that stadium. Uh huh. It seemed like when they went to Las Vegas, some of that hatred like went away a little bit, but sure. Josh McDaniels returning as head coach, that
0: should spice things up. That'll be very spicy. I think now he said that he learned a lot from his time in Denver about, about people. He said he knew a little bit about football. He didn't, but he had a lot to learn about people.
1: I just know that that first time he comes to Empower Field a Mile High, there is going to be a lot of booing.
0: There is going to be a lot of booing.
1: Yeah, he should get like the decibel meter going for the booing.
0: He did get a lot of booing. I think when he came back with the Patriots. So, but, and now that he's the head coach, yeah,
1: and the Raiders. Like, is there more? Is there like
0: fit. it's perfect?
1: It fits perfect. Fit. Yeah, like yeah. you can't think of another team where you'd be like, oh yeah, that's just like.
0: Pete Carroll and the Seahawks—that that sort of fits nice, I think. But, but I mean,
1: like, into for Broncos yeah. fans, like you're like, oh, McDaniel's with the Raiders, just of course,
0: of course, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 like uh, teams just have taking on the personality of the organization and right. the head coach, <laughs> like, like
1: Darth Vader goes with the Death Star, you know, like you wouldn't if Darth Vader was cruising around in a Lambo, you'd be like, this doesn't feel right. No, that wouldn't be right. But Death, Darth Vader on the Death Star. Ooh, and ooh, here's a little here's a little uh, analogy. Nathaniel Hackett said he's Han Solo, and then we oh. got the, the Death Star. And I Las think he States.
0: said he was Han Solo. <laughs> he, cor- he corrected himself,
1: Han Solo, because he gets the. I think he said he gets the babes.
0: Oh yeah, exactly, and that yes. his wife was going to be upset. That's true. He might yeah. have, have said beautiful
1: princess, but
0: yeah, Lay- Layla.
1: Yeah, Um, what did you say, Princess Leia? I
0: thought you said Layla.
1: I was like, that's not right. No, no, no. Yeah, is it Leia? Hard to
0: say. Yeah, I think it's Leia. But interesting that
1: coaches Han Solo in Denver, and then you got the Death Star, which is what they say the stadium looks like in In Las Las Vegas. Vegas. Yep. And then you have McDaniel's.
0: It's Mm. I don't think Mc I don't McDaniel's isn't Darth Vader though. No. Who's Luke Skywalker?
1: Oh, I think a certain quarterback might be Luke
0: Skywalker. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. But I don't, I see where you're going with that, but I'm not sure if it all works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's workshop that on our own time. Would you be Chewbacca? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. I don't know what I'd be. Watson would be C-3PO. He'd be like,
1: no,
2: no, don't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Always just worried about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Who's R2-D2? Yeah. That
1: could be me. I'm like D-V-O-A.
0: That's true. Yeah. You just care about that. Yeah. The non-human element. Yeah.
1: That's
0: true. Exactly.
1: And you're, you're the emotional one.
0: Yeah. But I don't think that I'm Chewbacca. Right? That's a good try though. I don't know who I would be. That's a good question. I you don't
1: like Chewbacca? That means I mean, you that means you could be best friends with Han.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Yeah. Millennium Falcon. Who's a Yoda? Who's Yoda? Ooh. Yeah. I that's don't a, know. That's
1: a good question. We'll think about this more.
0: Yeah, Maybe we got to think about it more. And let us know. That's true. Let us send in your thoughts, please. NZ Nation. Eric, if somebody wanted to send in some thoughts, how would they do that?
1: Yeah, well, you could send an email. Or really, the best way is probably to leave an
0: email. That's what I was going to say.
1: I'll at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. You could leave a voicemail, 707 neutral. You don't have to talk to anybody. It's just a beep, and then you just say whatever you want. Yep. You could tweet at us, at Eric DeLallo with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH.
0: The it was a big week for Phil's. I'll say that. Yeah. Groundhog's I mean. Day is a yeah. big thing. deal for the Phil community.
1: I don't know if people have seen. Well, didn't, didn't the Groundhog die? What? Somewhere a Groundhog died, and they didn't have time to find a replacement, so they just postponed it. I was like, I don't think it works like that. Oh, I think you, I didn't say
0: you have to. Yeah, you, Groundhog's Day is yeah.
1: And there's that commercial out there, Phil. I don't remember what, co- what company it is, but it just says, Thank you, Phil, like a bunch of times on the yeah. screen.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes.
1: We like that commercial. Probably pretty expensive for you to get that out there, but
0: very, very oh. interesting that that company uh, also went with the non traditional smelling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Oregon Zoo came out with a Phil that was a, uh, at an FIL. So that's the traditional, a groundhog named Phil. FIL.
1: That's the, that's kind of the normal way to spell it.
0: Exactly. That's what I was going to say.
1: But no, uh, if NZ Nation has thoughts on our interview with George Payton, yeah. uh, anything that he said, maybe you're interested about the quarterback position. Maybe. Maybe you're interested.
0: Maybe it was too much Eric.
1: Yeah. Maybe they're like, dial down the Eric, more dial
0: Phil. Down, dial down the Eric, I think, it's definitely some of the feedback. Mm-hmm. The early feedback, like we sent it out for polling, and uh, the early feedback is, is...
1: not enough Phil. Really, we all the they were all coming from like a Bronco email address from inside, like the back corner of the digital media office. Whatever they, um, whatever you said,
0: that's where they targeted the IP address, huh? That's where they get that from. I want to say, Eric, guess what happened to me this morning? What happened? I was scrolling through Twitter and it said I had a new follow, and it was it was me. It was it said Phil Milani followed me. Yeah. It it was a fake account. I mm-hmm. had to report it to Twitter.
1: When you woke up?
0: no, I'm telling you, it was a fake account. I had to report it to Twitter. It was wow. just like how, you know how everybody retweets the fake uh, rap rap sheet? Yeah. It was just like that, except why would somebody do that for a fake? We're going to break
1: news for the first time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what if it was just a way better follow?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey. Spider-Man, Jerry Judy. <laughs>
0: Things, but yeah. yeah, I don't think there's
1: any way to tell that your account is not a parody
0: account. <laughs> I got a blue check. That's the oh, one nice. yeah. This then this was like the Mike Cliss account.
1: No, oh.
0: no blue check. Wow.
1: They're going after you, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah I'm gonna going have to at- that guy
1: a follow. Or is it gone uh, already?
0: I, I don't think so. I'll send you the link to it. Okay. It, it was at Milani Phil. I don't want to oh. give any pub, but. Uh, it, I did report it. So maybe you're listening right now. Huh? Listen, you son of a. Yeah, exactly. I Ooh. had to take it down.
1: I just looked that account up. It's now an um,
0: okay, odd oh. picture of a
1: child. I don't like that. Okay.
0: No. Maybe it, the person already changed it. It was probably oh, some gone. It was not good. I had to report should it. We
1: to, should we go to our favorite portion of the show?
0: Shout outs. Let's do it. Let's do it, Eric.
1: I know that Liz Manis Gerald's was disappointed that she listened to an entire episode last week with no shout out. Yeah. So we'll That's shout out to her.
0: Shout out to Liz. I, yes. Yeah,
1: I've got. A, I'd like to shout out George Peyton for spending some time with us. Uh, Darren, Uji, you are such Kelly, a um, Yeah. They, yeah. They welcomed us in here down at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Not a sponsor.
0: That's for uh, the behind the behind the Broncos. Exactly.
1: So I right, shout-out to them. And then, Phil, part of the, the allure of the Senior Bowl is you get to see some cool people down here. Really? Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Um, Like, I, I walked by Dan Marino this morning, who's Are you one, serious? Of, one of the baddest uh, guys to ever play the position.
0: Dan Marino is there? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. But, Phil, a shout-out to our friend, and hopefully eventual real friend of the podcast, Ed Orgeron, he was sitting at a rest at the uh, uh, restaurant at a table near me, and just to hear that voice in person—I mean, it, it'll yeah. just stay with it's me for the
0: run to you a little bit, huh? Yeah,
1: I mean, I just I
0: loved it. So, what do you think was, he was doing down there?
1: That was the highlight of my week. He was, oh my gosh, he can do whatever he wants. He's a national title winner.
0: That's true, but not in Alabama and Louisiana. He's in the that's West right. East. But
1: we're—I mean, Mobile is pretty close to New Orleans, to so, you know that area, Baton Rouge.
0: Baton Rouge, yeah.
1: So he was okay. down here. Saban was down here this week. I didn't see him, but he uh, I guess he did a little show with that impersonator of his, Joey something.
0: Oh, oh, nice, yeah. That's the same guy who does uh, um, Chris Collinsworth, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that again, fantastic. I don't know
1: his Twitter account, but he's a good follow.
0: you got to laugh a little at yourself, I think. It's important yeah. to do that every yeah. once in a he while. He said
1: Saban saw him at the end and just goes, All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, Eric, I was going to give a shout out to the Bolin family real quickly, I think. Just because uh, it was announced uh, this week that the Broncos are now going to be up for sale. And, uh, you know, Pat Bolin bought this team in 1984. And it's been in his family for a long time now. And so that must have been an emotional, you know, moment there to just – Think that hey, this team is not going to be owned. It's not going to be in the family anymore, um, and, and uh, that that must have been difficult. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's worth acknowledging that as we talk about who the new owner is going to be, all that sort of stuff. That these are real people being affected. You know, this is yeah. part of their identity, um, and, and not just that. You know, it's a it's a reminder of their dad, and so yeah, uh, like you said, just probably a, a very tough day. And they released a very classy statement and handled. Yes you know, the end of this really well. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them. And of course, I think the Bowens will always be, you know, a part this. of the community and, and the impact that they've made, whether it's through the boys and girls club or other charitable efforts, that's not going to go away. So.
0: Uh, and obviously Pat Bowen is a hall of fame owner and you just hope that uh, whoever owns the team next is uh, going to be as dedicated to winning and investing in the community uh, uh, as Mr. B was. So. Of course. Uh, i think that if you're talking about uh, what kind of an owner do you want to own in your favorite team i think mr b was that that that's the kind of person you want to own your team so um mm-hmm. yeah so shout out to them yeah that that was probably a good investment though hi huh?
1: i think so you know? I think that worked out okay yeah
0: 1984 to now that's a, that's a pretty good return i think uh yeah you don't i mean it makes you wonder like say this team is sold for there's like what a report out there for like maybe like 4 billion. Yeah. What, what is it going to be like 30 years from now? You know, I don't you know. Just think about the growth of the NFL and everything. It's just like, man,
1: uh, the moon franchise will probably be on the, will be launching around then, you know, they'll be going to the moon every week. To
0: yeah. Like when the schedule comes out, it'll be like, we got a good game on Mars. Yeah,
1: we'll be like, oh, we got to, we'll probably have to leave on Friday just to like get acclimated to the lack of gravity.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's even if there's still games on this planet, you know? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All our games could be on on the moon or on Mars, maybe. That's right. So maybe you wouldn't even,
1: we'll be immortal by then, probably.
0: Eric, how far do you think you could throw the ball if there was no gravity? (laughs) Wouldn't it just kind of float away? Yeah. Yeah, accuracy would be difficult, I think. Yeah, exactly. They're like,
1: this guy has got great arm talent, but uh, he missed by an entire
0: planet. Yeah, yeah. Man, evaluating a quarterback, it would just be really difficult if there was no.
1: Every throw would look like that Tim Tebow pass that kind of gets circulated every now and then.
0: From practice, that just wobbles around. Yeah,
1: every every throw would look like that.
0: Yeah, we can play quarterback.
1: Tim was just ahead of his time.
0: That is true. Considering Tim Tebow, like he could be, he could have been sent from the future. Yeah, from the future. That's possible. And from the future. All right, Eric. Anything else? Uh, anything else that we didn't get to here? No, I think that was nice. That was a nice little episode. Hi.
1: Huh? Yeah. We'll be reunited next week, probably, maybe.
0: Hopefully, I mean, gosh.
1: So I'll be I'll be in L.A. next week for the Super Bowl. I'm just. You're going to the
0: Super Bowl.
1: Can't be. We can't be apart for this long. It doesn't feel right.
0: So you're going down there to the Super Bowl, huh? Yeah. What's going on down there?
1: Well, DeMarcus Ware could get into the Hall of Fame.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. I think I asked to go on that, too, and they just said no to that, too.
1: <laughs> kind of a common thread, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Like, almost like a, maybe I'm dangerous, you know? Like, they're like, no, we can't have Phil around. This is too woke up,
1: woke up feeling dangerous.
0: Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, nice work down there in Mobile. Thanks for reporting back and uh, getting one heck of an exclusive interview, Eric. That was
1: anything for you, Phil.
0: You want Broncos news? I mean, that interview, once we release this, it's going to be everywhere.
1: A lot of clicks. please. Everywhere.
0: Click. Please click. Yeah. The podcast numbers. What's a bit? Ba- what's a what's a bandwidth on that? We're, we should be OK, right? It, hopefully it doesn't crash. Yeah. OK, well, hopefully you're back here next week and we can do it in person. If not, we'll make uh, we'll make it happen some other way. Well, we'll do our best. Yeah. Okay, I think that's gonna do it for us for Eric Galala. I have Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutrals neutral Zone. zone.